An older woman stands in a green field, a verdant farmland held inside of a massive moon crater. Outside of the crater's bold walls, the moon of Gana is a frozen wasteland. But inside the inverted dome of the Halfus farming colony, it was a paradise. She looks across the vast orchards and fields and feels something twist in her chest. Her fellow parishioners stand in front of her, all dressed in the robes and symbology of their faith. They had come for her final sermon. Of course they had. The woman smiles in relief and takes strength from her disciple that towers before her, the strictures carved onto its body. And so Almeria Equinox begins her final sermon. For centuries, the Church of a Million Lights has stood unopposed in the Celestial Federation. They gave breath to humanity and spoke liturgy over the vessels that carried us into the stars. But now, they have become false prophets. The Church has grown fat and wicked as its reach spread throughout the universe. Their influence has become empire. Whole solar systems are subjugated by the Pontifex, and today his radiance has declared a holy war on our colony. Here on Gna, the people are poor. They subsist entirely on the farming of this planet's land, most of which is sent planetside to Frigga. They toil, tithe, and still his radiance demands more. And now he has decided that if he can't collect his coin by faith, he will take it by force. Brothers and sisters, we have helped make this possible. The clerics of the Halfast Parish were tasked with the shepherding of this colony. We broke stone, built schools, and spoke hope during the darkest days. But we also collected indulgences exiled apostates, and strengthened the grip of the Pontifex's empire. But no longer. Today, we stand firm against the approaching storm. We will throw back their so-called crusaders that seek to take our tithes by force, and we will atone for our sins. We will fight my clerics, and we will pour out our holy wrath on those that would seek to destroy our home. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I was like wondering if you wanted us to do like a, a Sparta cheer. Yeah. <laughs> we are continuing our bypass system anthology today with a game of Blessed Engines. Um, Blessed Engines is a small uh, mini game off of the emotional mecha jam. Um, I would highly recommend it. It's really cool. I think everyone should go look at it and give the person that wrote it some support. Who wrote it? Uh, shoot. Let me look at the... <laughs> I have the person down. Let me look at the, uh, the game rules. It's a small little three-page thing. It is by Jason Brown. Mm. I'm going to read the little game overview real quick, and then we'll talk about the what we're playing today. Hey. 
Blessed Engines is a game about righteous anger and the defiance of authority. It is also a game about giant mechanical knights blessed by the divine. You will be playing as clerics of the Church of a Million Lights, forced by conscience to rebel against the institution that has taught you everything you know. Let fly your holy wrath and succeed, or succumb to despair and fall away. A little minor content warning. This is a game that deals with questions of faith, religious authority, and justified violence. Um, If that isn't your thing, or if that sort of stuff makes you uncomfortable because you're not in a good place to negotiate your feelings with religion on that sort of stuff, and that's not your thing, that's totally okay. Uh, Bypass System will have lots of different other games and lots of different other um, pieces of story that will all weave into this anthology, and hopefully one of the other ones will uh, pique your interest. Okay, so I wanted to continue our story uh, of the Paramore Solar System, but I realized uh, a little bit after we put out um, Romeo and Juliet, that we had covered pretty much all of the factions in one way or another in that little uh, mini-game besides the Celestial Federation, so I thought it would be really cool to uh, do something that sets up the Celestial Federation. We are playing before the Calamity Refrain incident. Um, We are at the beginning of the settling of the Paramore Solar System. At this point, the Celestial Federation has bought the planet Frigga and its moon, Gana, off of the fortuitous eco-block, and they have moved in to terraform it. Um, the Celestial Federation is kind of a little bit difficult to explain, but they are a federation of states joined by a shared religion and uniform geography. Um, It's a religion that believes that humans are made out of star stuff and therefore relationships are as sacred and pure as light. And they have developed a kind of space magic related to being empaths and telepathy. And they use this sort of ability that they get from their religion um, to shape the world towards a goal that we don't know quite yet. Um, So Frigga is a very cold planet. And so what they have done is they have turned its moon into a farming colony. Uh, The moon is also frozen, but what they have done is they have turned all of the large craters inside of all the moon into these small pockets of terraformed area where it's just green and luscious um, orchards and farmland uh, just spreading throughout the large craters. And they're... Their farm colonies are expected to send basically all of the food and things that they develop down to the planet below for the people that live in the large cities and everything. Um, Due to that and a couple other uh, differences that we will get into later, you, the clerics of the Halfish Parish, have decided to start a reformist revolution inside of your religion. And you are going to um, fight for what you believe in. And hopefully, if the game goes well, uh, defend your home and maybe even start a reform inside of the religion. And if the game goes well, when we get to an actual bypass system season or whatever we're uh, going to do in the future, maybe um, the reform will be a powerful faction that will be involved in future games 
or they or it will have changed uh, major parts of how the religion works. And if you do badly, then there will be a big hole on the moon in the future. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Way to put that pressure on us. Yeah. Um, I think I've kind of described the Church of a Million Lights and the Celestial Federation um, aesthetic as like Norse meets the Catholic-themed Met Gala, of where it's high fashion, um, but lots of whites and gold, lots of religious symbology and robes and stuff like that, uh, but with like Nordic and cold winter flares, so there's a lots of fur collars and coats and things like that. Okay. Um, Jamie, since I would say you were the most prepared with your idea of what your <laughs> character is, would you like to go first and introduce your cleric? Sure. Um, so I am playing Brother Light of the Galaxies. He is a male with a chiseled frame. He is African with extremely dark skin. And he has super long, fluffy white hair that has streaks of blue and lavender throughout it. And throughout it, it also has golden chains woven into it. He is wearing a white topless tunic, so like it's just the bottom half. And it has a deep blue sash, and it's all inlaid with golden decorations. Uh, He has a peaceful visage, he's got a vow of protection. And I don't know if I should say the rest of it, because it's like ties what? and neck and all that stuff. Yeah, what is, could you go into a bit more about what a, like, what a vow is? Um, a vow is uh, obviously like a commitment that uh, different priests and religious uh, like orders take to show, um, to get closer to God or their, uh, what their definition of holy is, etc. Um, and you took a vow of protection. Could you describe what that means? Uh, yeah, so he took a vow of protection so that he could keep everyone around him safe. I don't know what happened in his past that caused him to take this, but like something big happened where he either stood back and didn't take action to fix something, and it just led to a lot of issues with him and whatever mm -hmm. was going on. So he took a vow of protection so that no matter what was happening, if he saw someone who was in need, whether it be they were being attacked or if someone is in need of food or housing, he will always do what he can to help. Okay. And uh, let's go over your affairs of the heart and then we can get a brief description of your mech and what you've named it. So, I got two personal uh, ties, uh, and then one, like, situational tie, or not sure. situational, but place, a place tie. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is a child who was born on this moon, because uh, a lot of people are, like, moving around and stuff, but this kid was born here. And so sometimes they feel a little out of place, and he's always there to hang out with the kid, just, like, running around in the marketplace or whatever. I don't mm -hmm. know what kind of cities we have, but <laughs> um, he likes to hang out with that kid. Yeah, You are living inside uh, the city of Halfus, which is a uh, small farming colony. Uh, it's, it's basically a small community that is set up in a large moon crater that uh, it com entirely revol revolves around farmland and orchards and harvesting and all that sort of stuff. 
Um, and then at the heart of the society is your the church, the mm-hmm. faith that they all subscribe to. Um, okay, is, so yeah. he's also got a tie to a place that is a mirror-like pond surrounded by an orchard. He likes to go there to meditate or think and just kind of stare at the solar system from afar. You can probably see the planet, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, in the sky. He also has a, a tie with a woman who is in the infirmary. She is sick, and she is probably not going to make it. And they, they both know this, but he has made it as a part of Vow of His Protection, mm-hmm. where he knows that he can't help her. He is still going to be there for her in her dying days and keep her company. Okay. Um, all great and good. <laughs> uh, another thing this game has is everyone gets a mech. Um, you have the best mechs in the entire uh, Celestial Federation. They oh. are called Disciples. And they don't have any strict make or model about what they look like. The thing that makes a disciple model is that their entire outside is covered in the strictures and like verses and chapters of the Church of a Million Lights, which has been carved into the metal um, as an inlay, which allows the mech to do some pretty insane and powerful stuff. Um, Another thing I will say is because the Church of a Million Lights considers uh, relationships sacred and that um, human relationship and bond is like the most holy thing a person can participate in, they make a lot of stuff sentient that doesn't necessarily need to be. So most of the disciples are also alive. Hmm. And you can describe to the length at which they are alive or... Just a piece of machinery as you like. But I wanted to give that option to you. Interesting. So what is Brother Light of the Galaxy's disciple? So were we supposed to name them? Yeah. Hmm. I did not do that. <laughs> if you don't have a name, we can come back to you. Um. Yeah, I don't have a name, but I do have their description. Great. Shoot. Okay. So, Brother Light's mech is a... The center of it is a a glass iridescent capsule that the pilot uh, sits in. Kind of, like, floats and, like, puts on this strap that holds him in place. And coming out from the back of the glass capsule are six enormous wings made of different colored metals. Black wings that spill the blood of evildoers. Gold wings that bind an enemy to your will. And white wings that can crack the heavens. Dope. That sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Does anyone want to go... Yo, your mech name! Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll get to that. Give me a moment. Um... (laughs) So my my character is the Crusader of Truth. Their name is Kilson. Um, Love it. 
They them pronouns. They have a, a lithe frame. They're androgynous. They wear a sharp, almost militant-looking jacket that's made of a, a stiff, thick cloth to keep them warm, and it has um, a, a long set of tailcoats, so that pretty much, like, almost drag on the ground. Um, they have a, a vigilant visage. <laughs> okay. Visage. Um, and their vow is a vow of justice. Um, so their mech, their disciple, um, is named the one who judges with mercy. <laughs> I love For short, judge, or if you're being cute, you could call them toe. Um, I think the judge. The judge is really ju- cool. Yeah. Ju- judge is like a formal short name, but toe if you're being mm-hmm. cute with them. Um, they have an intro. I don't. I don't know what a mech's gender would be. So they as um, well. As it can be it, it, <laughs> as many genders as there are. It can. You know what does what does the judge uh, identify as? I'll make ju- I'll make judge feminine. Okay. So she has an intricate frame. Um, it's made of a network of thin strips of gilded metal that kind of shift around her form. Dope. Um, to kind of make her up, but like they're constantly just floating around. Um, and her weapon is a tall staff with a sapphire eye at the top that radiates a brilliant light. It creates a laser beam of energy towards the target. Dope. I love it. Um, Damn. So, the the manuscripts, which I don't know if we covered. Um, uh, I didn't cover it. We can make it a surprise. Uh, I didn't cover it yeah. for um, Jamie. Do we want it to be a surprise? I I mean, um, if you want to go into it, I would. You can absolutely go into it. That sounds dope. Okay, yeah. Um, so the the manuscripts are um, basically uh, it says inscriptions from the word of creation, which can unleash wild and powerful magic from the divine, and they're like written into their mechs. Mm-hmm. Um, so my manuscripts, I I made up some of my own. I didn't use the ones in the list. That's okay. Um, just because I felt these fit my character better. Sure. I've got an order that restrains an enemy, so it kind of holds them in place. Um, a prayer that reveals truth. It's basically the zone of truth. Um, <laughs> and a word that blinds evil. Lovely. Um, yeah. And then I've only got two affairs so far. I'm still trying to figure out what the third one was. But um, the first is... A young teen that Kilson met in the monastery, um, and they mentored the teen to kind of stand up for themselves and others. Um, and then also a, a fig tree that Kilson planted when they were very young. And my third one is a mural in the town of the original um, founder of the church, I suppose. I feel like that would be Almeria. Yeah. I suppose so. I don't know. Mural. I'm you so like the mural person. better than the actual person. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, hey. that's probably true. <laughs> like, you know, uh, your relationship with a person can become complicated, but that painting will always be there for you. Yeah. It's it's less of a mural of the person that's important, but in the fa- more of the fact that it is a mural of mm-hmm. a founding moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's there it's a work of art that 
represents everything that the church stands for as well. Okay. Yeah. A mural of the church's founding. I'll put that there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Jamie, real quick, yeah. do you have a name for your disciple? Not yet. Okay. Reese. Okay. All right. So, so my character's name is on the type of beloved by the moons above, also known commonly as beloved, but can also is known by on attack. Uh, looks like she is a leaf female figure with an alluring visage. Her skin is a somewhat dark tan color of an ambiguous race. She has long black wavy hair that reaches the dip in her back with a braid crown that consists of bluish silver hair. Her eyes are glowing blue in color and she wears a short silver green uh, chitone with deep blue trimmings. Her ears are inlaid with several silver and blue earrings all up the cartilage. She has two silver nose rings and she has three thin silver bangles on each wrist that give a soft jingle sound when she moves, which is the sound affiliated with her by the people. Her vow is that of compassion. That is uh, her chosen vow as being part of the church. And her mech is a flexible frame of small plates of silver and blue. The slide over her that gives her frame a bit more of an intimidating stature about going she's already pretty tall she's like five eight so it would bring her up to about seven feet tall it gives her a bit more with two guns on her shoulders with the end end of the barrels on both shaped like longbows named the huntress of the wicked or huntress for short her affairs of the heart is a clearing between two orchards uh where nature had taken over like it's kind of like a clearing you would imagine in a forest between two orchards there uh the second is a family of golden deer foxes that she has raised since they were pups and then the third is the elderly man who took her in after her parents died her manuscripts are a melody of the fallen warrior whose spirit carries on which is kind of like a continuation uh which keeps her going there's the second, which is the arrow, which pierces to your inner core. It kind of does, like, psych damage is the best way I can think of it. And then the hounds, which strike fear one has only experienced after death, is that these two, uh, like, basically almost two shadow-like dog creatures will go after you and do some heavy damage. Oh, I'm going to say dope way too much <laughs> in this. I'm, I really, truly am. I think the concept of this game is just majestic. Yes, yeah. it really is. Aesthetically pleasing. So, I'm going to say you are the only um, priests here that have disciples. Um, there are other, like, obviously people that believe in the cause um, and everything, but besides you and the head priest, um, you are really the only ones that can fight. Everyone else is depending on you. Um, the woman that gave the sermon and the head pastor here at the parish, her name is Almeria Equinox. She is an older woman in about her 50s. Uh, she has graying, like, hair that she has, like, in a kind of a grandma bun. She wears this like long flowing almost victorian era white dress with uh blue strings and highlights and she has a sort of golden tiara and these big long dangling um earrings 
Um, she looks almost more like a queen <laughs> than a than a priest, but there you have it. And her disciple uh, is angelic shaped. It is a sort of a silvery marble large humanoid with these big angel wings on it and a its head instead of having a face it has a stained glass window um that changes and depicts different scenes from your faith scripture um it used to be called the mary median but in honor of what you are doing it has changed its name to the moon's stigmata um, stigmata is a term that means like a holy wound. It is generally referred to by uh, the holes in Jesus. Um, and uh, they used to be like these cheery members of the community. They uh, like, oh, Maria was basically everyone's grandmother, um, but now has sort of been forced to take this more militant role. Um, and the Mary Median was once a very, like, it was, it was a statue of, like, art more so than it was a military machine of war. It was more to look pretty and to look inspiring. Um, but they have fashioned it weapons out of various farm equipment for it to use. Um... Stigmata is they, them, or it pronouns. I don't think stigmata gets gender. <laughs> I did figure out a name for my mech. Ooh, what is your disciple called? Um, so I think it is also a she, and her name is the Guardian of Serenity, or just the Guardian, for short. I love, we got the Guardian, Judge, and the Huntress. These are all very good. But it's not, it's not the Judge, it's just Judge. Just judge, okay. Yeah. It's not a title, it's a name. Lovely. What was that full name again, Jamie? The Guardian of Serenity. Of Serenity, that was what I was missing. Okay, also she. Just gotta have the mechs all be she's. <laughs> They're all wonderful, powerful ladies. Yes. It's like ships and cars and machines nowadays. They're all she. I know some Because women do everything. Mm -hmm. It's true. <laughs> Damn. So, how this game works is everyone gets three scenes uh, where you have to defend your affairs of heart, and then at the very end, there is a big con there is a big conclusion scene. And anyone can aid each other's scenes, but. Uh, you don't have to necessarily, but to succeed, the person the person that is defending the affair has to succeed. Um, so to, I'm gonna read the how to play section real quick. Uh, begin the game by reading the story aloud at the table. Um, uh, my opening is a very slight rewrite of the microfiction at the beginning of the game. Um, I just basically changed the names uh, and a little bit of the wording um, and added a brief bit at the beginning. But yeah, all of the like all of the credit for that incredible intro monologue goes to Jason Brown. Um, 
Everyone should feel the guilt in their hearts and the righteous anger welling up and get ready for it to overflow. Then we create our clerics, pick out your mech traits and your affairs of heart. Everyone gets ready to circle their choices or write them down separately. Also, everyone should be keeping track of your righteous fury. Uh, it starts at nine. These are the points you will be spending to try and win. Um, <laughs> and, you know, prepare stuff. And then your holy wrath starts at zero. You get a holy wrath if you ever lose an affair of heart. Your holy wrath, oh. you basically spend... If you ever lose something that is dear to you, you get one point of holy wrath, which you can spend to activate your manuscripts and basically instantly win a future scenario. Ooh, that gave me an idea. No, just that my character is now made up of scrolls. Oh. So the, the strips oh, of metal... Your yeah, disciple. Character, my mech. My disciple. Hell yeah. yeah. So instead of strips of metal, it's like a unraveled scroll of metal. So um, are, is, is the judge big? Is judge like... Oh, yeah. She's big. Okay, she she is um uh, she is a massive humanoid meta made out of metal scrolls. Yes, that sounds yeah. so cool. <laughs> I want to know how big because the guardian is like a single wing is like three or four times the size of a human. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah, but like that's the biggest part on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just three sets of wings. Yeah, the the stigmata is I'm gonna say two to three stories tall. That is about the size of most mechs in Bypass System. So that is where I will say. Yeah, and a story is yeah. about like two people tall. Yeah. So yeah, two stories mm-hmm. for uh, uh, yeah. the Guardian. Yeah. I, I'd i say, yeah, Judge is probably more like three, but she's also very slender. Love it. Okay, so stretched out. <laughs> oh, I'm loving all of this. This is so good. This is exactly what I'm into. <laughs> Real, real quick, I should specify, um, your Righteous Fury, uh, you can spend it to succeed and to try again at different uh, conflicts and stuff like that, but I will say, I forgot to mention, it is also kind of your health bar. If you ever run oh. out of Righteous Fury, you are overcome by despair. You are given a choice, oh. either you sacrifice your life in a blaze of glory to succeed at the current challenge, or you are overcome by despair, and you fall away, and you make your new life in sorrowful exile. So, can you get more Righteous Fury? (laughs) Only if someone dies. Oh. And Mm. and therein is the balancing act. I just noticed, also, we only use 1d6 until we spend Mm -hmm. Righteous Fury to be able to add more d6s. Oh, we need a d6. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone should pull out d6s for this game. See, the fun thing is, I have a golden D6. Ooh, love it. That is <laughs> like, perfect for this game. Can I say that I have one that glows in the dark? Fantastic! Oh, nice. We're all on point <laughs> with the themes today. I have my, my set of three gravity dice, and two of them are silver and one is golden, so now mm-hmm. I get to use my nice. golden one finally. Because I've um, only been using the silver ones for marked experience. <laughs> to set the stage a little bit more, um, basically what is happening is... Halfus has been forced to give all, basically almost all of the food they produce besides what is absolutely necessary to survive, uh, send it down to Frigga. Times have been tough on the farming colony. Um, 
the Celestial Federation is not known for its technology, and terraforming is a very difficult process in this world. Um, to, to specify, the Celestial Federation currently only has one faction that is capable of, like, true terraforming, and they just make stuff colder. <laughs> <laughs> so making farms is, like, a really big deal, and it doesn't always turn out great or work super well. Um, and even though this church has only been established for a few years, I think this is at the very beginning of the inhabitation of the system. Basically, the farm wasn't producing as much food as it needed to. And basically, when Halfus told this to Frigga, the priestess in charge of this area, uh, a woman by the name of Heavenly Mercy, took it to the Pontifex and basically came back with the information of your punishment is that you have to give even more food now uh, as penance. For not getting but without the... straw for the bricks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's mm -hmm. title yeah. reference. As as penance for not being able uh, for not getting the farm up and ready for all of the good citizens on Frigga, you will be expected to make sacrifices so that their bellies may be full. Um, what is it with governments and being like, okay, so. You don't have the stuff you need to survive, so you can't give us the stuff that you're supposed to give us anyway. So, uh, we're gonna make you pay more than what then, you don't have. Yes. <laughs> That's just customer service. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. To also be clear, there is a lot of money tied up in this because the Celestial Federation doesn't technically own Frigga or... Gana, they bought the rights to be here from the fortuitous EcoBlock, who is the technical owner of this entire solar system, and pretty much they're paying rent on the planet. So if the planet is not profitable, they lose access to it, and everyone has to leave because then they, the fortuitous EcoBlock will kick them out. Um, oh yo, Jimmy, I'd like to ask something about your character. Sure. A topless tunic is just a skirt. Yeah, it's basically yeah. a skirt, but, like, it's a very specific design of, like... <laughs> oh, true. Um, okay. I would say, look at Caster Gilgamesh, but you don't know who that is. I <laughs> <Christ> do. <does. laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, it's a bunch of, like, uh, cloths that are, like, tightened in the center that hang down. <laughs> like, it, like, it would be a tunic if it had a top, but it doesn't have a top. Lovely. Okay, I see. Um, this was all exasperated by Almeria discovering that the Pontifex is actually keeping a decent amount of the planet's income as tithe oh, no. to the church and to his radiance, as opposed to it all going towards paying off the the debt they owe to the fortuitous eco-block. Um, so... This, along with a long history of corruption that Almeria has been witness to throughout her long life, um, has caused her to start this reformist rebellion, uh, which you are all swept up into, as basically the Pontifex has announced that the Halfis farming colony are all traitors and heretics, and that they are unworthy of glowing 
in the light of the universe and should therefore be lost to darkness evermore, which is a very poetic way of saying he's going to kill everyone on the farm and send new colonists who will do a better job. And I think that is all the stage setup we need. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's been established. We have our characters. We have the stage. We have the plot and the stakes. We have the loose in understanding of the two mechanics of this game. So let's start off with our very first scene. Yeah, how do we do that? Yeah. Brother Light of the Galaxies. Oh, hi, yeah. Hi. That's me. Mm hmm. <laughs> what does being on watch look like for you? I think it's a lot of taking walks and kind of circling the area, going back and forth, making sure that everyone is okay, everything is working the way it should. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of just watching from afar, but like if he sees someone in need of help, like if someone is trying to like pull a cart or something that has like a bunch of stuff in it and it falls over, he'll immediately go over and go help them. Yeah. Uh, do you have a name uh, for the child that was born on the moon uh, that you have been looking after? Uh, if not, I have a list of names that we can go through. I just got a name. Oh, yeah, go for it, though. Destiny. His name is Destiny. For a nickname, he sometimes goes as Des. What does Des look like? Um... He's a small kid, like, around maybe three and a half feet tall. Um, He's kind of lithe, like, kind of gangly little kid, and he Mm -hmm. has, like, a lot of energy. He's running around, and he's got a bright smile on his face. Mm -hmm. And he's got, like, a curly kind of... Kind of like a dirty blonde, uh, curly short hair. Lovely. Um, so, as you are walking around the town, uh, keeping an eye on everything, doing your duty as one of the priests and clerics of this order, um, you feel someone tug on your, on your battle skirt tunic. (laughs) And it's Dez. Hello, brother. Hello, Destiny. Hey, I was wondering if I could ask you a question? Brother Light kneels down and in, in front of Des and smiles a little. He's like, yes, of course. Did we do something wrong? My mom says that the... that the pontiff... That the that the pontifex pontifex was mad at us, and that he said we did something wrong. But I don't understand what we did wrong or why we're in trouble. Why do you do this to me, Riley? 
This is a game about righteous anger. <laughs> You're supposed to get upset. I am already upset! <laughs> Good lord, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I think Brother Light picks up a large stone that's kind of on like the side of the street, and he holds it up between them, and he says... Let's say if you were walking down the street and you're talking to your friends and then suddenly you weren't looking where you were going and you trip over this very large rock in the middle of this road mm -hmm. and your friends all laugh at you and you are angry, but you're angry at a rock. Did the rock do something wrong? No. The Pontifex are the same way. Their minds are elsewhere, and they see one thing that is not going the way they want, and they get angry. We did not do anything wrong. There is just a misunderstanding. Can't Mother Almeria explain the misunderstanding? That is what we are trying to do. It takes time and patience. Um, as you are saying this, you feel a strong wind go through the colony. We see a large white ship. It almost looks like it is a flying cathedral. Um... It is uh, looking down on you as this like large white triangle that has the aspects of a cathedral built onto the bottom. So you realize when it flies, it lowers its front down. And it, this is a large Celestial Federation ship that is appeared and the gust of it entering and coming towards the colony has made this huge... Um, influx throughout the entire colony and we just see all of these green leaves being knocked loose and being like circled up in this updraft as this large ship its title emblazoned in shining glory on its side our justice fulfilled as it comes into the atmosphere and slowly lowers itself down into the farmland and parks itself in one of the pastures. Hmm. What do you do? Um, I would like to say, uh, Kilsen and... <laughs> Kilsen and Alnatak, uh, you also, wherever you are in the, in the colony, you also witness this. It's a big arrival. It's hard to miss. So this thing is bad, right? <laughs> it looks like it's been sent from the church, and it's not one of yours. But it hasn't attacked us. Not yet. Hmm. Uh, Brother Light stands back up, uh, after putting the rock back down on the ground. And he says, Run along, Destiny. 
I'm going to go speak with our new visitors. Um, okay. Make sure to tell them we didn't do anything bad. And I he, certainly will. He grabs an apple off of a cart, and he runs past a weird blue space sheep that has like a giraffe neck. <laughs> and he goes around a corner, the camera of which can see that he stops immediately after he goes around the corner and he turns around. And once he is certain Brother Light is walking towards the ship, he peeks out. And then he kind of sneaks towards the ship so he can see what's happening. You little bastard! And that's called lying. You little bastard! <laughs> Go home! <laughs> Brother Light, you are on your way towards the ship that has just landed. I'd like to say that um, you can see uh, the one who judges with mercy just like walking towards it as well in the distance. <laughs> Lovely. I would say you can absolutely see Beloved uh, making her way as well. Um, I would say she's someone that you kind of can almost hear as she has... The, uh, she also has bracelets that, like, I would say have become a, like, a, a trait, like, a common trait. Like, if you hear mm -hmm. a slight jingling, you know Beloved's coming around. That's very good. So, once you, uh, all three and, uh, well, six, since all of your disciples are sentient, apparently, uh, have made your way <laughs> to- no. no. I shouldn't have phrased it like that. I'm glad they are. It fits into the culture. Um, but you have made it down, and you see the priestess that is in charge of this solar system, um, Heavenly Mercy. She is a beautiful blonde woman with pale skin, bright blue eyes. She has... Um, this golden blonde hair that is put up into a sort of large golden spiked headdress that almost gives her a sort of a radiant halo. She is wearing a a simple uh, white dress with a fur collar, and it has these streaks of blue scripture that will appear on it and fade out randomly. Ooh. Um... She is flanked by two robots that look almost exactly like her. But instead of a face, they just have a metallic uh, shield that has a like that has a star symbol um, emblazoned on it. And she and they have similar headdress uh, tiaras and she is flanked on each side by one of them and they walk towards you. Okay. What was her what was her name again? Her name is Heavenly Mercy. Ah, I know her. You, you would re refer <laughs> to her as Sister Heavenly Mercy. Uh Brother Light approaches her and says, "Good afternoon, Sister Heavenly Mercy. How can we help you on this fine afternoon?" Good evening. I have been sent as the last emissary before things get truly bad. Where is Mother Almeria? We would need to speak with her. Where is she? <laughs> yeah, she would be at the church, probably. Or maybe uh, out, like, if something bad has happened, she would have gone somewhere else. But most likely she is with the church. Okay. That is her spot. 
uh, this is where I'd say uh, Alentak comes in and she goes, let us walk with you to the church. Sister Heavenly Mercy. I would be delighted. And she strides forward. Um, her robot bodyguards um, are marching behind her, but just a little bit back. So she has a sort of triangle and she does it in a very explicit way so that you have to kind of fall in order behind her like a flock of birds. Um, the robot on the left is called Prologue and the robot on the right is named Epilogue. Hell yeah. I had a feeling. Love it. Mm-hmm. All of Tech is, is not walking behind because she is not she is someone who would walk uh not exactly right next to heaven uh heavenly mercy but like because the robots but like Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit off that you know she's walking next to her not behind yeah i'm going to be honest this is the last chance that his radiance is going to extend i have been told to Gather your tithe of goods or credits, and if I can't do that, gather the women and children and the civilians. Yo! We do not have much tithes to spare, Heavenly Mercy. We are barely continuing as it is. You see the people around us. We're just trying to make a living. I have been assured by the Moirai that your terraforming systems are operating perfectly fine. Additionally, I have spoken to the Frigid Cold, and they have assured me that they did their job and planted them correctly and that they should operate. It's not the matter of how much we're offering, it's how much we've already given. It is not my place to discuss these things. I'm simply a mediator between the different factions. But I don't want to call in the virtues. And she stops and turns and looks at you all. Um... The Virtues is basically the internal affairs wing of the church. They are called the Exalted Virtues. They are basically the highest, most seat of power in the church. And they are the sort of Damocles that <laughs> hovers over every single, like, head priest in every single parish. Um, if things ever get truly bad then the exalted virtues are called in, and no one wants that. I'm not saying that we speak go that far. There is no need for that. I truly believe we could just talk it out as I think from what you have talked to and what from what I have experienced that there is a misunderstanding. There is a miscommunication that we are both witnessing in this aspect. I would certainly hope so. May we escort you to the church? Please. I would most welcome it. So they do that. (laughs) Yeah, you do that. (laughs) We hit that button. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
at the foot of the church, you see the moon stigmata. Um, it is kneeling in front of the church in, like, a position of recompense and, like, it looks like it's praying for forgiveness. It's, it's, um, face mural is that of the, is that of the, uh, settling of Gana and the establishing of Halfus. It basically is a stained glass window version of the mural that Kilsen loves so much. Um, when it sees you all approaching, um, a voice emits from its loudspeakers. Mother Almeria has asked me that any visitors from the pontifex be turned away. She will not speak to you in our holy place. If you wish to speak with her, it will be in the garden. Um, Heavenly raises an eyebrow and turns to prologue and epilogue and she nods at them and they begin walking into the town and she begins Yo. heading towards the garden uh, at the back of the church. Bitch! I definitely imagine on attack gives a sound like a very minuscule sound of like quiet like and she like starts walking yeah. <laughs> probably a good call um i imagine yeah Light kilson also... and judge also want to keep an eye on the two mechs yeah okay. because <gasps> I does that mean i have to go with her I'm, well, I would say based off of the vows, because mm -hmm. all attack is one of compassion, she would go for the people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm one of protection, so, so would yeah, I. I <laughs> Do you all just immediately just, like, go, oh no, and start following prologue and epilogue? <laughs> I, I guess. Okay. Um, I mean, if we want to split up, like yeah, I, I, I this think... to be clear, this is Brother Light's heart scene. Yeah, um, I really want someone to go after her, but I, I don't do think Brother too. Light would. Yeah, I know Brother Light wouldn't, and just from what I know, as Alnatak was literally the one trying to <laughs> convince Heavenly Mercy, please don't send the word. So keys. wouldn't Alnatak follow Heavenly Mercy then? But she's. Uh, she's compassion, so if she sees people, if she sees the robots going towards the people, she would go for the people because compassion mm -hmm. is like, yeah, and does involve like there is like I would okay. say some sort of protection involved with compassion. Maybe, maybe since Kilson has a vow of justice, they would go after uh, Heavenly Mercy. Because yeah, yeah, because that that one is dealing with the head of our yeah. current church. Let to me just clear, say though, Reese, yeah. you're way better at doing like. Mm -hmm convincing arguments than i am <laughs> i don't think i think that's where um that's where it would be more of the uh what's her name her name again the not heavenly mercy the 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 other i can't think of her name what oh our the priestess. founder our priestess yes our priestess. almeria is, equinox almeria mm -hmm. i think you need to be there for like 
protection more than convincing. To be clear, I'm establishing a heart scene um, for Brother Light. For what I'm saying Light, yeah. is the the threat to the affair of the heart is that the church is going to take away the children. Um, yeah. They don't want them to be caught in the crossfire, so Heavenly Mercy is basically like saying ultimatum, give us what we want, or uh, we are removing the civilians before this becomes a war zone. Uh, Rowan, if you don't want to go with uh, Heavenly Mercy, I can do that. No, I'm fine with going with Heavenly Mercy. Mm-hmm. I okay. just, I, I don't know which is going to be the best route for you. Yeah. 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 I could see Kilson going with Heavenly Mercy because it's more of like, how is yeah. this going to play out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, I was thinking too. Yeah. Great. I'm not ready. <laughs> what do you do, Brother Light? Don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to figure out which way he would go because, like, he his whole thing is protection of the people. So, mm-hmm. in that direction, he would go help stop the two robots. But also, he knows that, like, there's a higher level to protecting than just I'm gonna go beat up some robots. So, yeah. You know what? Since there's two robots, I think Brother Light's gonna go with uh, Beloved. The Basically, what is happening is prologue and epilogue get into the town square and they begin broadcasting. The star symbols on their faces light up and begin broadcasting an evacuation order for any civilians that do not want to face the wrath and justice of the Church of a Million Lights. Hmm. You are seeing groups of soldiers in the town from the church that have been kind of slipping out. Um, There are more of the robot models that uh, prologue and epilogue are. Um, I want to, I want to say something, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm waiting on Jamie to make a decision. This is her heart scene. Yeah. This is, she needs to decide like what brother light is going to do as she's seeing like mothers and their children being rounded up and taking them back to the ship. Okay, so the Guardian of Serenity flies up above the town and dives toward the ship and lands on top of it with like the white set of wings on the bottom uh, landing down kind of as like a wraparound for legs and the front to... Uh, wrap around the front over the opening. Okay. Um, and Brother Light starts walking that direction too. <laughs> yeah, great. Roll 1d6 to see if this works. Um, so what needs to happen? What is this, conflict resolution? Yes, this is try- you're trying to resolve a conflict by closing off the ship so everyone can stay here and not be taken from their homes. <laughs> You start with 1d6. If an ally wants to spend one of their Righteous Fury points to help you, you get another one. Um, You're not really attacking with Unbridled Force. You can spend one, but yeah. 
I have to roll a six? Um, you can, if you don't roll a six, you can spend six minus the highest roll you get, points of righteous fury to succeed by sheer force of will, or you could try to strike with unbridled force, sacrifice two righteous fury, and add another d6. Um... Well, I got a five, so I could just spend one to make it a six? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. So, describe to me uh, uh, how your your disciple basically keeps them from taking the children away in the spaceship uh, as, like, it wraps itself around the entrance. Obviously, that is a good start, but... As these robots start marching up and their arms unfold into guns and they start firing at it. Um, I think the black wings on the top unfold and spread out and the feathers on it start shooting out in different directions, protecting the people and protecting Brother Light from the bullets. And it just keeps firing them off, and mm-hmm. that each of them is connected by a chain. So they, they as soon as they're shot, they are pulled back in with like a flurry of sparks. So all of your feathers Ooh. are like low-key harpoons. Yeah. This keeps up for a bit until suddenly Heavenly Mercy like strides over and raises her hand, and all of the robots immediately stop and turn to her. You've rolled a success here. Like, you've you've succeeded here, so I won't take that from you. But basically, Heavenly says, I have spoken with Mother Almeria. She and her flock of stars are willing to be snuffed out. This was our last gesture. I tried to limit the bloodshed. We will go on our own. If anyone wants to join us, you are welcome. And she turns and looks at the the different farmers, none of which really move. She goes, very well. And she and her evacuation coterie walk back into the cathedral, which begins to lift up and rotate its face down towards the planet, at which point it continues to ru- raise up into the stratosphere. I don't like this. <laughs> this makes me very upset. Oh, so. for sure. <clears throat> I know Altenac is going to the ones who are starting to be rounded up, mm-hmm. and she's like going through and asking them, like, are you okay? She's crouching down. Uh, if there's children crying, she's like soothing them. She's mm-hmm. singing softly. To help them were like the ones who were really frightened to mm-hmm. quiet them down a bit and she's she's just making sure everyone is okay. I think Brother Light also goes to certain people but and like talks to families and he starts trying to make arrangements to move some mm-hmm. as many people as they can to smaller settlements so that there are less people inhabiting the main settlements which are most likely the ones going to be attacked. Okay. Alrighty. A week passes. At this point, the revolution has kind of become well-known and is a fact. 
the church, now that it knows that everyone in the colony is complicit in agreeing with Almeria, and that they have refused their final like offer of evacuation and tithe, they have begun attacking in earnest. We get a scene of heavenly mercy in the Our Justice Fulfilled. She is at a desk, at which point she receives a email, I guess is the best way to describe it, from the pontifex. It is a record of things of value. When the Halfus farming colony was established, there were several valuable items that were brought over or created. A lot of money was put into it. Um, and he is requesting that they be reclaimed so that they are not destroyed in the firefight. Heavenly Mercy sighs and assigns one of her priests to it. We see a, a young kind of scrappy-looking man in a tight white suit with these, uh, like, light fur um, cloak aspects to it. It's, it's, it's all these flowing robes. He is handed a list of things to reclaim, and he goes and climbs into his disciple, a large, white, humanoid... Um, mech with these big purple red wings, a long demon tail, and it has these swirling up um, horns. This is the morning glory, spelled like a funeral sad morning, not the time. And it is designed to look like a fallen angel. He gets inside of it, and he is flying down towards the colony. Hilson. Yeah? You hear an announcement. A voice you don't recognize is giving a list of demands of various items that need to be turned over to the church. If they are not turned in within... The following hour, the priest and his disciple, the Morning Glory, will be forced to take it through violence. The mural of the church's founding is on that list. Excuse me, they want us to tear up a mural within an hour? No, they want you to take down the mural and give it to them so that it can be sold. I don't know if they know what a mural is. It's normally painted on a wall. <laughs> They're saying, take take off the wall with your mech suits and give yeah. it to us. My mech doesn't have arms. It's just a ball with wings, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't think um, Kilson's going to do that. <laughs> This fallen angel lands. Um, is the mural on the outside of the church? I, I th or is it on the inside? Um, oh. It could be hmm. one of those ones that are, like, over the entrance, like in Greek uh, temples. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love those. Yeah, I think, yeah, it would be like the... It'd be on the outside, but like over the entrance. So this thing lands and it doesn't take long for its like face to turn and see the mural inside. We get a shot of um, the priest looking down at the list (laughs) and it, he like turns uh, up and goes like, worry. I have here that one of the more valuable things that need to be, uh, reclaimed is the church founding mural. Also, let me just say the moment that um, Kilson heard the list, like mm-hmm. Judge is standing guard next to that mural. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. They're going to put up a fight. Um, he presses a button to turn on the speakers. And he says, I'm assuming that disciple is here to help me remove the mural. Of course not. This is your last warning. You do not steal from those that have little. Yo. Damn. And you do not keep the signs of our faith from his radiance. And the tale kind of lurches forward and, like, becomes rigid, and the morning glory grabs it, and it separates from it, and it becomes a long spear. Oh, Jesus Christ. Cool. And it begins to march forward. Um, Judge readies her staff. Okay. Um, He's coming at you with a spear. (laughs) Yeah. To be clear, yeah. So, she's going to hold it out in front of her. And when she sets it down, a beam of light comes from the sapphire eye straight at, um, well, I say light. It's a laser. Yeah, it's a laser. You fire a laser at the thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It flares its purple red wings and like an energy shield goes up and the laser kind of is absorbed by it as this thing is coming towards you. Um... So, conflict resolution. You can let fly your holy wrath by building a dice pool and rolling. You get 1d6 by default, but you can get more by doing the following that we've described. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to roll. See if it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ouch. <laughs> What'd you get? A two. Oh, no. Okay. Which is better? Do I want to spend two Righteous Fury to add another D6 and hope that that makes it? You could spend two Righteous Fury, um, or you could spend four. (laughs) I think the two is the better bet. (laughs) Yeah, probably. In the end, it's just a mural. Okay, so I will say that, like, I want to, like, narrativize this failure. So, this stuff of light uh shoots out at the morning glory the morning glory basically absorbs it pretty quickly and it shoves its spear through the judge uh the one who judges with mercy um i don't think any massive damage is done to the judge because it is a weird like empty (laughs) mummy made out of religious scrolls um 
but that is it's that is the beginning of this. Yeah, it's definitely going to disrupt whatever's keeping them in shape. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, what'd you get? What'd you get this time? I rolled a one, so I have a oh, three no. total. So that. Yeah. No, they don't add. They don't add together. Uh, it's oh, no, no, it says add one d six. It does say add one d six. It does say add. Yes, but they don't. They don't uh, combine because it says six minus the highest die rolled. You have to roll a six, yeah, or or spend the drive. No, it. N- oh okay. no no no! Okay, yeah, Rowan. Uh, what it's- what's saying is um either I spend four, which is six minus mm-hmm. my highest die, which was two. Yes. Uh huh. Or. If I spent the two righteous various strike, I would have added the one d six, but three still is not going to make it. So <laughs> that's what that's what it's saying. Okay, I I don't know if that's what the rule. Is. I think you have to roll a six to succeed. I don't think you you can add a dice to the dice pool, but yeah, yeah. either way. So like, you're not three gonna is still going to fail. Yeah. But like, if I had rolled say a four, mm-hmm. I would have succeeded because it would have added. No, uh, it's. If you would roll two d6 and you wouldn't add it, one of them has to be a six. Yes, I th- yeah, you have to roll a six. I don't. You get to add dice to your pool of dice that you roll, but I think you have to roll a six. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, I think is the mechanic there. That it's worded okay. weird, but I get it now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It has it's to have so a six weird. on a face. Okay. So well, yeah. Does Kilson and Judge lose this fight? Yeah. Do you put up more of an effort after the spear goes through you? Like, what does oh, Judge try next? Yeah. Um, Judge is going to try and push the other one back with the, the staff. But I think, you know, considering it is a spear made out of a demon tail, they've got a pretty good hold on Judge. So, so as the the morning glory spear goes into the one who judges with mercy, um, and the morning glory gets closer, um, their like shield or their energy shield, as it pushes towards the one who judges with mercy, um, the different scrolls of this like gilded metal start to get pushed out of the way and singed as they get pushed back, um, leaving just kind of the center framework that holds up Kilsen. And I think the morning glory just kind of like slaps Kilsen and that frame, like that core out of the main body of the one who judges with mercy. And they just go flying. And the rest of the the scrolls just sort of fall to the ground around the area wherever they were because now the the center like like it is a mech but it's also basically a suit once you take out the person Mm -hmm. it's not going to hold itself up um and another problem is the energy shield that the wings are setting up also like burns the uh your disciple as it touches it so just being near it or touching it is causing like damage to the to the structure yeah. Um, this mech has been given the materials to safely remove the mural from the wall. Um, and it kind of, after 
like knocking you aside. It now this it pulls out this sort of gun that oh. kind of it draws a quick square in the wall around the mural. And then the mural is just like that square burns through the wall and the mural is separated, at which point the gun kind of unfolds into a sort of claw, which then suctions onto the front of the mural and the morning glory pulls it out. Um, add one... Holy Wrath. Yeah, add one Holy Wrath to your pool. You now have that. Um... This continues over the next couple of days. Basically, any religious symbology uh, that is like that is of any value or worth uh, to your community is removed uh, over the coming week. Um, statues are taken. Various pieces of machinery that the farms had been using um, are stripped. That sort of thing. I'm going to put the mural of the Church of Sounding is lost. How is this so infuriating? We barely started. It's it's a game meant to, <laughs> but I get what you mean because I'm literally like already anxious. I feel it in my chest. Also, the entire time in my mind, I'm just thinking 1312. <laughs> I'm so mad. Another week passes after that. And that's when the strafe bombing begins. Hmm. The, the what? The, our justice fulfilled, lets out a couple of warning shots out into the farm fields. And beloved, they start a fire. Oh no. And there is a fire encroaching upon your clearing between the two orchards. Dude, this one might also work with my next one, too. <laughs> oh, no! Because <laughs> we both have orchard-based ones. Yeah. Okay, so she is going to... I would say she sends first and foremost as she can't go as fast. She is sending Huntress as fast as as she can. She can there. be inside Huntress. All the disciples are yeah. mechs yeah. that can be climbed inside of. Yeah, she uh, she's in Huntress and like rushing mm -hmm. forward. Can I preemptively say that uh, Brother Light is going to spend a Righteous Fury to help her? And, Absolutely. Like, have, like, Brother Light mm -hmm. is coming with you. Yeah. Thank God. I was really scared. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I get an extra die for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever yeah, you roll. Um, thank God. Okay. So as you are coming up upon this fire, you see these large harvester mechs. Um, they are not humanoid, but they have two arms and two legs. Basically, they have these, they're very bulky, stocky things uh, they, that have these two big legs that go up and connect to a sort of um, almost vehicular cockpit. It's like a combination torso slash long, like almost muzzle snoot. Like its head isn't on the top 
its head comes out of the chest. And so its chest is this big, long triangle. Um, and then there's a glass plant panel. And they have these sheet, like these sickle arms and various machines based for sucking up fruit and collapsing down orchards. The this is a team of harvesters from the fortuitous eco block. Basically, they made uh, the Celestial Federation made a deal with saying that they could pay off some of their um their royalties in the crops of the Halfus farming community. Well, thanks for burning down our crops. The fire is meant to destroy what they don't want and also to shield the harvesters from being attacked. Ah. Which <laughs> Beloved and Huntress are now seeing. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, she's gonna go in with the with the, gun, the guns blazing. She she has them <laughs> on her shoulders. She literally has them on her shoulders. <laughs> I think to help out, I think Brother Light and the Guardian of Serenity is going to be focusing on the fires, and they are going to just be like blowing gusts of wind to blow out the fires and like keep them from spreading. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I- I'm shooting. She is going to shoot. <laughs> I'm shooting. I'm shooting. I'm shooting at the six. Yeah, at the harvester yeah. mechs, yeah. Okay, roll 2d6. I want that on his shirt. I'm shooting. I'm shooting. Oh, um, you can add another d6 if you want. You, I feel like this counts as attacking with unbridled force, so if you want to spend two Righteous Fury to add another d6, you'll have three. You know what, yeah. Okay. She, she would. I, I want a six. Well, so Roll three like, d6 and tell me if you get a six. I would oh, also I like a six get. because this also affects my second. Uh, <laughs> Where I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Where I'm just like, anxiety. Did you not get a six out of all three? No, but they all add up to six and I'm mad. <sighs> What's your highest die? It is a three. Okay. <laughs> so either. You can lose your clearing, or you can lose three more Righteous Fury to win, to clear the solution. What would you like to do? Yo. We just see all the animals running out of the place. Oh no, the space sheep. No. That's what I'm- The weird- uh, The 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 fox deer. Also those, yes. The golden deer foxes. I think the orchids. I'm going to say that, yeah, I think she tries, but again, this is not a big one, so I'm going to take the holy bed. Okay. But I will say that as, like, she fails, but I will say uh, she does, if, when she does, she still is able to swoop in and grab the boxes before. Yes, the foxes, you don't lose for that. That That is a different scene we're going to do. That's a secret tool we'll be using later.
Hey Mark Experience listeners, it's end credits time. I know you love hearing this part, but I like to remind you guys that you can find us on Tumblr, Instagram, and even TikTok. And if you like to buy the music, you can buy it all at markexperience.bandcamp.com. We also have a constantly growing collection of merch at redbubble.com people slash mark dash experience, where you can buy posters and shirts and stickers and all that. If you want to support your favorite editor and musician, you can head over to my coffee account at coffee.com slash Jamie Remy. That's spelled J-A-M-I-E-R-E-M-Y. Mark Experience can be located basically anywhere podcasts exist now, so you can listen wherever's easiest. See you next episode!